Well, we're going to continue uh, uh, last Wednesday night service, so I'm going to call this a part two of the Grace to Prosper, and we'll start with a word of prayer, and then we'll jump right in tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. It is light, a light to our path, a lamp to our feet, and we'll hide it in our heart, Lord, that we, that we could walk with you and not sin against you. Lord, we thank you that you help us to know your will through your word. And as we receive it, that grafted word, it's able to save our soul. And we thank you tonight that we are renewed in the, in the spirit of our mind, that we are strengthened in our inner man, that our ears are anointed to hear what the spirit of God has to say. Our minds are open and our hearts are receptive in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, when the subject of prosperity, you kind of have to decide to open up your mind <laughs> because there's so much said and so much, you know, this and that and the other about it. But I tell you, if you'll open up your mind to the word, what the word says, then I believe God will begin to minister to you and you can open up your heart to receive what he has for you in the financial realm. In, uh, in prosperity and abundance. And, um, you know, I was reminded today as I was studying a little bit that abundance is God's idea, not man's idea. It's God's idea. And he sent Jesus so that we could have life and life more abundantly. And that's on this earth as we walk on this earth. It's not just in the sweet by and by, as we say in heaven, although we're all looking forward to that, and that's going to be a glorious day. Amen. Heaven is our home. Um, however, on the earth, God has made a way through his son, Jesus Christ, for us to live in abundance and yes. prosperity and our needs being met and yes. our desires and even to the overflow of that we can do great things for him financially and others. Amen. So uh, this is something that is very strong in my heart. And you know it is because I preach it all the time. But I think that, you know, I've been reminded so many times that people need this message. You know, there's so much worry and stress and care in the area of finances that uh, it can really hurt people in their physical bodies when they're stressed all the time about how are we going to make it, how are we going to pay these bills, you know, how am I ever going to have, you know, a, 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 a nice place to live, you know, or get out of this apartment and actually have a home or whatever situation they might be in. And we've all been in bad places before in our lives, whether, you know, it, it, whether it's whatever age, you know, there's things that happen and things that go wrong. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the answer. Yeah. He is the answer. He has the answer. And I'm telling you, I believe he's the only one <laughs> because you can't really depend on the hand of man. We depend on the hand of God. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says in Psalms 119 that we are not to trust or put confidence in man, but to put confidence in our God. Amen. And we can certainly do that. He'll certainly answer. So I have kind of taken a poll through the years, you know, like how many people in the church need something financially, need a, a, a blessing, need some help. And, you know, it's amazing how just about everybody would raise their hand. 
And you would say, how many people need a healing? Well, there'd be quite a few, but not as many as the financial part. And so I think, you know, sometimes we need to preach these things because people maybe aren't hearing it as much as they need to. And the devil certainly doesn't want them to hear this because he knows what this kind of blessing operating in people's lives can bring to the churches, to the ministries, to the missionaries all across the world. Amen. And he didn't want that to happen. So he tries to squelch the message of abundance and prosperity. Um, and then, too, I think he wants people stressed out about it all the time, you know, worried and upset, and have a lot of care about it. But, um, you know, we just decided we're not going to care. Amen. We don't care. We can, the only thing we care about is learning this word, getting it in us and trusting the Lord. Amen. And he makes a way where there seems to be no way. And he do, he's done it before and he's going to do it again. Amen. Um, but I thought that was interesting that uh, so many people have raised their hand when I've asked that question. And I think that... Uh, Brother Hagen used to say, whatever you preach on, God will confirm. Whatever you talk about, that's what's going to start happening in your church and your ministry. And so I believe we're anointed and graced to prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. And those of you listening on, on live stream, I believe you're anointed and graced to prosper. Praise the Lord. And God just does it bigger and better than we think. You know, the Ephesians says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. So we see there that power is working in us and he is able just to do anything, even our highest prayers. It says he can do more than that. Hallelujah. And he's not afraid for us to ask him. You know, he's not bothered. By us asking him. And he does do things right. I talked about before how Adam and Eve, when they fell, they clothed themselves with fig leaves. You know, they they sewed fig leaves together. And I don't know how all that went. But I'm sure it wasn't very comfortable to wear that. And I don't even know how you could sew leaves together. But they did. But God's idea was a fur coat. You know, some mink or some chinchilla or... Right? At least leather or something. And so I decided to write a book, From Fig Leaves to Furs. Amen. God, Man's idea compared to God's idea. Which is a better idea? God's idea is always better. It's always better. And the Bible says in Proverbs 10, 22, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. Praise God. Do you believe that? The blessing of the Lord will make you rich. Hallelujah. So let's get into this. Let's look at 2 Corinthians and just review for a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we talked about uh, the grace of God to prosper. Let's read a little bit here. 2 Corinthians 8.1. And I might read some out of the classic Amplified 2 in a minute. But right here is the King James. Moreover, brethren... We do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. And this is the Amplified, the classic Amplified. We want to tell you further, brethren, about the grace, the favor, and spiritual blessing of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, arousing in them the desire to give alms. 
So this grace, was, you know, notice this. This is an interesting part about this grace. It was causing them to do something good toward God and toward people. Amen? You know, the grace of God will lead you into powerful things of the Lord and powerful things toward other people. It doesn't lead you into crazy places of sin or backslidden condition or whatever. It leads you into good good, good things. And here it led them into giving, a desire to give. Hallelujah. That's God's heart, isn't it? He's such a giver. And so look at verse 2 in the King James. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto their riches of liberality. And then skip down to verse 7. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge, and in all diligence, in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. And maybe... Maybe you should underline that. Abound in this grace also. So we just have to make a point of it since he said that. Amen. That we're going to abound in this grace. Look at verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though for, though, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Now, that uh, poverty came upon him, not when he was born on the earth, but when he was hanging on Calvary's tree. Yeah. That's when the poverty came upon him. Yeah. Up until that point, he was blessed of God. He had everything he needed at every venture yeah. of his life and ministry. People were uh, sent to him by God to give. The Bible says there were women of great substance that gave to, uh, of their resources to his him and his uh, disciples to uh, support the gospel. And, you know, he had a treasure. He had Judas. It wasn't to hold $2.50. Here, Judas, you hold this. You're my accountant. No, they had lots of money coming through that ministry, so much so that they were giving to the poor a lot. And Judas was stealing from him. And they still had money to support. We know the 12 disciples, and later they had 70, and then it grew from there. So this was a pretty pretty big ministry. Amen. And uh, thank God, like I said, he had uh, whatever he needed when he needed it. Hallelujah. And that's the way he wants you to live. Amen. That's the way he wants us to live. Praise God. So then we uh, move on to Second uh, Corinthians 9. And uh, we read through here, verse 6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And he's talking to the same group of people. So they are understanding what's happened in Macedonia. He's telling them what happened to the churches in Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea and how God blessed them because they gave and at the church of Philippi, we know they gave once and again unto his necessity. So that flow of income was coming into their hands. And he said in Philippi, you know, my God, we just read it tonight, shall supply yes. all your need. Amen. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yes. So then he's telling them this. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you shall also reap bountifully. We control what comes into our lives. 
We control that. Now, God has given us that opportunity. Really, it's an opportunity. Amen. Um, because uh, he said, you know, this is the system that I've set up. It's graced by me. You're graced by me to operate in it. And boy, this church has got so excited about it, they started giving out of their deep poverty. Amen. They were so willing to give, they didn't even care how poor they were, that they would still sow and reap bountifully. So look, uh, look in seven. Every man according as he purposes his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so he tells us there that we should purpose in our heart to do something. We shouldn't do it grudgingly or of necessity. Um, and I remember asking the Lord some time, uh, some time ago about that. I said, well, you know, if we can't give cheerfully, should we just not give at all? And he spoke to me and said, no, you should just get cheerful about it. <laughs> Amen. Don't stop giving. Just change your attitude. And I'm telling you, it's blessed me through the years. So you just try it out and see. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. And I'm telling you, I think that that is such a powerful statement right there, that we should be abounding to every good work. Amen? I think that is God's heart right there. Now, He wants us blessed. He's told us, you know, trust in the living God who gives you richly all things to enjoy. To enjoy. He wants you to enjoy life and have fun and do what you want to do and have, you know, the blessing of the Lord upon your life. If you want a boat, believe God for a boat. He'll give you a boat. Amen. If you want a yacht, believe God for a yacht. He'll give you a yacht. I am totally convinced uh, of God's grace to bless you and want you to have things that you desire. And then I think, too, in with that, is that He wants us abound. To every good work. Amen. And uh, he knows uh, and we know the most important mission on this earth is to get the gospel out. Yes. Is to preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. And then we're going home. Amen. So uh, we see here in verse 10. Now the heat that ministers seed to the sower. Both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. So there's different levels of giving here. We see different kinds of giving. Uh, Of course, we know about the tithe. We've been taught, thank God, about the 10%. So first first 10% of all of our increase belongs to the Lord. It's holy unto Him. And the Bible says we're to worship. So that's not just a donation or a charity gift. That's a worship to the Lord. And then he says offerings too. Amen. So we're, we're to follow the Lord and give offerings above the tithe. And then here is the seed to the sower. So he gives seed to people who wants to sow seed. Sometimes you have to ask him, what seed do I have? (laughs) Amen. And sometimes we don't think we have any seed to sow. But I've had the Lord show me seed that I could sow that I didn't even think about. But I ask him, Lord, I'm a sower and I want to sow some seed. So what can I sow? 
And it's been amazing how he'll bring things up to you, amen? And you'll find it or you'll have it or you'll, you know, whatever, it'll appear. I've asked God for seed when I didn't have anything that I could think of that he could show me. And he had someone give me some seed to sow. So that happens as well. And that's a very powerful, I mean, you, you know, this is a whole adventure with God that Every Christian needs to experience. Amen. God as provider. It's a beautiful thing. Because, you know, when you think about your father, I know my earthly father was such a great provider. I mean, he was, you know, I don't ever remember having lack in anything. And, you know, we weren't always the wealthiest. We turned out to be wealthy. But when when he first started his business, you know, we were... We, we, I remember, you know, being on a budget and everything, but it just seemed like there was always provision. We never went hungry, <laughs> you know, didn't have clothes to buy for to wear to school. So, you know, I had a wonderful father, but it, it didn't matter how good my earthly father was or, you know, on the earth still is. He's in heaven. But my heavenly father is so much better. Yeah. He's so much gooder, amen, than my earthly father was, which is hard for me to comprehend sometimes, but it's true. It's true. Read the Word. Read the New Testament. Read the epistles, and you'll see how beautiful our Savior is and what a miraculous thing He's done for us in the new birth and what He's provided, amen? So um, we see that... uh, he gives seed to the sower and then bread for your food. And you don't need to forget that don't sow everything you get all the time because that's a mistake. He gives you bread for your food too. So don't eat your seed and don't sow your bread. Ask for wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Ask for God wants your needs met and he doesn't want you just... Given air, I know, you know, people get carried away, get it extreme. You know, there's always extremes and they'll just give and give and give and give and not have enough to pay their power bill or something crazy. Um, <clears throat> there's wisdom in this and he gives bread for your food, for your own being. And um, remember that, too. Amen. Amen. Don't get crazy on us. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I remember a lady saying, this was years ago, but it just stuck with me. She said, you know, Jesus was in the middle of between two thieves when he was crucified. And she said, I saw that like in a vision. I saw the three of them hanging on the cross. And the Lord spoke to me and said, always stay in the middle because on either side are thieves. And I thought, that's such good teaching, isn't it? Just a balance of common sense with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Amen. To stay in the middle where Jesus is and don't get off in the ditch on either side where there's thieves and and it's you go crazy. Amen. So uh, bread for your food and multiply your seed zone and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And that's a, such a powerful way of giving when he increases the results of uh, righteousness, which is doing things when he says to do it. And we talked a little bit about that last Wednesday night when he says, I want you to give your whole, you know, salary for the week. 
or I want you to give your car to so-and-so, or I want you to give your watch to this pastor or that friend or, you know, whatever, that you would never have thought about doing, but he selects you to do it and picks you out, and it's usually a tremendous increase in your life. That that wouldn't be the only reason you would do it, but it's nice to have a harvest, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, come on, if we're going to sow seed, if we're going to give, we we you know it's really nice to reap a harvest in those things. And he doesn't mind the harvest. In fact, he's Lord of the harvest. Praise God. So um, that those kinds of giving is just so unique. Um, I remember a time way back. Is it okay if I just testify for a minute? Um, there was a man and, uh, well, there was actually a lady in our church. She was praying for her husband to get saved and to come to church. And, uh, so at that time, my, uh, my husband, who was the pastor, he got up and he said, um, there's somebody here, it was a word of knowledge, there's somebody here that has a camera that was very important to them and it's broken. Somehow it's gotten broken. Who is that? Well, it was this woman's husband. He it had a really nice Nikon uh, camera and had dropped, dropped it and had broken. And so she raised her hand and she came up and she told us what had happened. And uh, so we said, we have a camera we want to give to your husband. The Lord said, give your camera. Well, the camera that we gave her was the exact model of wow. his Nikon camera. And she took it home to him and she said, the pastors gave you, give you this. Well, he couldn't believe it. You know, he couldn't believe that, first of all, that we gave him that camera because it was, you know, pretty expensive. And then secondly, we don't even know him, never had met him. And then thirdly, it was the same kind of, it was the same model of his that it was broken. So next Sunday, guess who's in church? <laughs> he came with his wife to church and uh, walked the aisle, got saved, got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then uh, he was and, and still is a, a general manager over a huge resort there and um, was very uh, trained and skilled in cuisine, etc., so um, he helped us build our daycare cafeteria and, uh, you know, did all the whatever we needed for that. Wow. He was in charge of all that. And so what a blessing. Amen. Yeah. Just because there was a word uh, and the Lord said, give your camera to him. Wow. What if we would have said, I don't want to give my camera away. <laughs> we like our Nikon. Amen. But um you know, when you obey the Lord in that in that part of giving, He increases the fruits of your righteousness. And it's not just um, for your sake or for their sake. It's everybody in that gets blessed. Everybody in that situation is blessed. It's really interesting how God works on that. I had a Rolex watch one time. I was in Arizona preaching. And the Lord said, I want you to give that watch to the pastor's wife. And I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> it was a really nice watch, the nicest watch I've ever had. And I knew the I knew the Lord said do it. So um the pastor and his wife went to dinner with me that night after I gave it to the wife. And uh they took me to dinner and the pastor said, You know, Scott, I just have to tell you that 
it, this is a wonderful gift. It was really nice of you to, to do this. And, but he said, beyond that, it gave me faith now for this new sanctuary that we're building because I was so frightened that to step out in faith and to do this building and get all this together and uh, just really hesitant and very, you know, just kind of frightened. And he said, when my wife got that presidential Rolex watch, I thought, my God could do anything. <laughs> you know, this building's going to be nothing. Amen. So it, gave, it encouraged him and gave him courage to do the work of the ministry. And blessed her. Amen. And, and I have another Rolex watch somebody gave me. So it's, you just don't even miss it. Praise the Lord. But in those things, God has a purpose and a plan that's usually something that we never even dreamed of, you know. And so um, thank God. I encourage you to obey the Lord. Verse 11 says, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness. So that's what that uh, return is, is being enriched. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to talk for a minute tonight because I had the Lord put it on my heart and then we'll go. Um, let's turn to Nehemiah chapter one, because we are to abound to every good work. And we need to know that the Lord is up to good works. I mean, he's doing good works all the time. He's doing good works at Grace Harvest. He's doing good works in David Horton Ministries. He's doing good works all over the earth. Amen. And we are to, are, uh, to abound unto every good work. So this is another reason that we need to get and uh, get to know this grace to prosper yeah. so that we can be abundant in our giving. Amen. Yeah. And uh, Nehemiah, you know, he had heard some bad news from Jerusalem. Of course, he was in exile under a Persian king. And he had heard that uh, the walls were down in Jerusalem. There was big trouble and the people were under uh, a lot of uh, repression there. And so uh, verse four, Nehemiah one four said, when I heard this, I sat down and wept and mourned for days and fasted and prayed constantly before the God of heaven. And uh, verse six says, let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to listen to the prayer of your servant which I pray before you. So he immediately went into prayer and then he even asked the Lord. This is in the King James verse 11 down at the bottom. It says, and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of God, for I was the king's cup barrier. So he was praying for prosperity here. Now, the interesting part now, this is a this is a wicked king. You know, this is a. Babylonian system here. This is not a Christian king that's ready to help, right? These are the ones that went in and and got these uh, Israelis out of their homeland. And, you know, th now this Nehemiah had a very high position in this, you know, a foreign kingdom. But not so many of them had that kind of position. So he was praying for help with this... Um, you know, Babylonian king, and he, in chapter 2, verse 8, um, the king not only allowed him to go back to Jerusalem and start building these walls, but look at this in verse 8. He said, I want a letter, keeper of the king's forest or park, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the city wall 
and for the house I shall occupy. Well, he got bold, didn't he? He's asking this king for to write a letter to the forestry people to give him all the timber he needs to build the beams, the gates, the fortress of the temple, the city wall, and his own house. I want you to build me a house too. <laughs> Don't you love that? That's so awesome. And you know what the king said? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I love that. Whose money built all that? Well, when he prayed, prosperity came to him. Amen. And he got all the timbers and the beams and the gates and everything that he needed plus his own house. And look down at verse 20. I answered them, the God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no portion or right or memorial in Jerusalem. So he said, God will help prosper us. Amen. They, one thing about Jewish people, they know about prosperity. Amen. They understand that it is God's will for them to prosper. They have been taught since they're born that prosperity belongs to them and they should be rich and they're not ashamed of it. Amen. In fact, something is wrong, they think, if you're not prospering. That's what they think. Well, that kind of runs, you know, lines up with the word, and you know, we perish for lack of knowledge. If we don't know about God's will for prosperity, we can perish in that area of uh, financial blessing because of the lack of knowledge, yeah. or and or rejecting knowledge, rejecting. People put the brakes on. I don't want to hear about money in church. I don't want to hear about, you know, prosperity. I don't want to hear about, and I'm telling you, it happens. <laughs> it happens a lot, unfortunately. And, you know, you cannot be mean and ugly to rich people and critical of them and expect to be rich yourself. Amen. It will not work. You cannot criticize rich people. What they have and what, oh, what, what do they need with that kind of car? Or what do they need with that kind of mansion? Or what? They want it, they can have it. Amen? And the, the cool part about it is so can you, if you want it. Some people don't want it, but you can have it if you want it. Hallelujah! Isn't that beautiful? Amen. He's no respecter of persons. And, uh, his, his blessing is on you. He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So we are blessed. Blessed of the Lord. Now look at, uh, look at, uh, oh gosh, I've got so much here. Let's just not look. Let's just talk. <laughs> Let's just talk. Um, we see in Ezra, they started raising an offering, you know, for things. And it listed out all the things that... Um, that was was given in the offering, and I started thinking. You know, God, people say God doesn't think God doesn't care about things, and I'm thinking, why did He list out all this and all this and all this if He doesn't care about things? Why? Tell me why. Well, I guess I think He does because we do. Plus, He made everything, so of course He would care about things. Yes, He does. He cares more about people, but it takes things to get people. Amen. I mean, if you just have a little Bible study in your home, you're going to have to buy some coffee. You're going to have to buy some little donuts. You're going to have to get people little workbooks or Bibles or something. Amen? 
you know, you're going to have to get extra toilet paper. I don't know, whatever. But they're coming over to your house and you're going to, it's, you are going to have some cost to that. Well, same thing with anything you do for God. There's going to be some cost involved and God wants to take care of those costs. Praise the Lord. Now let's look at, uh, Chronicles, Second Chronicles. And I just want to make some, uh, just some points here really quickly. Second Chronicles, you know, this is about Solomon. And in verse 9, Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings to the Lord. Verse 7, in that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, ask what I shall do for thee. That's a covenant, isn't it? You know, once you give, like just in the marriage covenant, my, my husband this morning, he gave me something. And I just thought, the minute I got it, I thought, what can I do for him? You know, <laughs> I want to do something for him. So, I mean, that's a covenant blessing. And we're in covenant with God. Well, Solomon gave him a thousand burnt offerings. I mean, he wasn't fooling around, was he? Think about all that. And God appeared that night and said, what can I do for you? And so he said, give me wisdom and knowledge. That's verse 10. And, and God said to Solomon, because of your heart, you didn't ask for riches or wealth or honor. And da, 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 da. I'm going to give you what you've asked for, wisdom and knowledge. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor. And I'm telling you that I think in that order is the way we need things. Because if you get riches and wealth and honor without wisdom, you're going to be without wisdom, I mean, without riches and honor. Because just ask how many people have won the lottery and lost everything. There has to be a soul change and a spirit change for for prosperity to abound in your life. Amen. You can't just throw money at problems. It won't work. Um, we have to renew our mind and we have to be open in our spirit to the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. But let's skip over real quick. I know I keep saying I'm going to close. This is the third closing. Um, Second Chronicles 3. I just want you to see this, verse 4, because this is the, he was so, Solomon got so much money, so, so, so wealthy. Why? Well, because I believe God loved him, but he loves you too. But he was responsible for building the house of God, Amen. the temple. To abound to this good work. Amen. And he took it so seriously. I mean, he wanted to do it just right, just the way the Lord said. And look at verse four. The, the porch was in front of the house. The length of it was according to the breadth of the house, 20 cubits and height was 120. And he overlaid it within with pure what? Gold. The next verse overlaid it with fine Gold. Can you imagine building anything like this today? Because, you know, people are saying, well, what's the cheapest we can get? <laughs> what's the cheapest thing we can build it out of? Oh, my gosh. Have, do we need to renew our mind or what? Look at verse 6. And he garnished the house with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was gold. Mm. Gold was gold. And he overlaid also the house, the beams and the posts and the walls thereof, the doors with with gold. And he made the most of the holy house, the length whereof, according to the breadth of the house, 20 cubits and the breadth thereof, 20 cubits. And he overlaid it with fine 
gold. And the weight of the nails was 50 shekels of gold. And he overlaid the upper chambers with gold. (laughs) And in the most holy house, he made two cherubims of image work and overlaid them with, guess what? (laughs) Gold. Amen. There's nine times in seven verses of gold, 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 gold. Now, how much gold do you have in your house? How much gold do we have in our house? I don't know. But I'm just saying the house of God here was beautifully overlaid with a lot of good gold. Amen. Fine gold. The best gold. And then you can read about it. I I just encourage you to read this whole chapter. Second Chronicles. It's outstanding because it goes into more golds, gold things in uh, Second Chronicles four, five, uh, four and five. Most people couldn't handle this. I don't think they could handle it. I don't even know if they could handle what the priest wore. With the jewels. Can you imagine David and I walking in here? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so funny. It's such a weird time now. Everything has to be minimalistic. And God's, uh, God likes gold. I'm just telling you. He put it in the Garden of Eden. You know, he just likes gold. And he, he, the Bible says all the silver and all the gold belong to God. And the good news about that is he's your father. Amen. He's your father. Praise the Lord. Well, we'll do some more next time on this, but let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word that you're, you're uh, teaching us to think higher and, and think more about your abundance and what you desire for us to walk in. And we thank you, Lord God, for um, your word on abounding to every good work. And Lord, we, we plan to give a lot to your ministry. We plan to give uh, a lot more than we can even probably think about right now. But we want to do it. We desire to do it. And I thank you. You make a way for us to be able to do that, Lord. To give to this church. To give to mission missions. To give to um, whatever you've established, Father. And we thank you for that. That will move through our hands. And we thank you, Lord, for it. Hallelujah. And I pray tonight, Father, if someone's struggling with finances in their life, show yourself strong on their behalf, Lord. Stretch forth your hands to do signs and wonders and miracles. I thank you, Lord. There's financial miracles in the Bible. And we know that you're mighty today to do the same works that you did for your people in the word. And I pray, Father, now for my brothers and sisters that money comes to them in Jesus' name, that finances flow into their hands from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Money comes to them in Jesus' name. I thank you for favor, the favor of God, that they're highly favored of God and man. I thank you, Lord, for the grace to prosper. It's increasing in every life. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for favor. Thank you for grace. Thank you, Lord, that you do miracles on behalf of these people and their lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And you give them the desires of their heart. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen.